has decided that during this month of Elul, which is the introduction to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we would learn things that has to do with Rosh Hashanah. Now this story of the binding of Isaac, the binding of Isaac, this story is a story that has captivated everybody. Which is not to say, I say it's a story which is understood by everybody. I would not say that. But we all, uh, we all know that this is a big story. That this is something that has to do very specifically with Rosh Hashanah. And the source for that, the, the kind of explicit or the limited source for this idea that Akedaki Tzach is special, Akedaki Tzach, the Bible of Isaac, is something seminal, something that determines the nationhood of the Jewish people. That is something that I think most Jews agree with. And it all goes back to Rabbi Yitzchak in the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. So we're looking at the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah just for a moment. I know this is not a class in Gemara, and I don't want to confuse you, but it's only a line, a single line in the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. Omar Abi Abahu. We're talking about the nature of the day we call Rosh Hashanah. The nature of that day. Lama talk in the shofar Why do we blow a shofar from Lion? Actually, there is a difference of opinion in the Gemara elsewhere, as Kosovo pulls out, but we, in fact, use a shofar that comes from a ram. Omar HaKadosh Baruch So the Gemara attributes the following to God. And God said to us, Tik'u l'fanai b'shofar sh'ayu. When you come to do the mitzvah on Rosh Hashanah, when you come to blow the shofar, use a shofar that comes from Iran. Today, lachem Abraham. An order that I should be reminded of the binding of Yitzchak, the son of Abraham. And you know, these kinds of anthropomorphism, we say God is reminded, we're reminding God of something. What we really mean is that God will notice that we remember. That we remember. That's why we use a shofar shalayim to say we had a choice. And we chose the shofar shalayim because we think that's the important thing to do. That's the important thing to remember. And then, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Ma'ala ani alechem, 
and therefore I look upon you. As though you have sacrificed yourself, or you bound yourself as Yitzchak was bound before me. So on this day of judgment, the day of Rosh Hashanah, when we are looking to present ourselves to the heavenly court with with merits. What we want to say is that we have merits. And the the best merit that we can think of is that we are the descendants of Abraham, of Yitzchak, and of Yaakov. And especially at this time of judgment, we remember Yitzchak. Yitzchak who allowed himself to be bound and sacrificed himself, he wasn't sacrificed, as we will see in the story, but he allowed himself to be sacrificed, he accepted the directive that his father gave him from HaKadosh Baruch Hu God, and we blow the shofar that comes from our land, because, because we want God to know that we remember. And we remember where we're from. And even if my personal life is not replete with merit, you know, I can't go to God and say, listen, I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. This is not my affair. No, I can't say that. I know that in the judgment, in the pure judgment, I'm not going to be victorious. And, and that even the things that I did, I didn't do as well as I might have. Even in the throat that I accomplished somehow, were not as well accomplished as they might have been. And so what am I going to the heavenly court with? I mean, what is my argument? It's not like going to a, uh, a court here in our world where we make up arguments, and we scream, and we yell, and we try to confuse the judges, and we, oh, and that we understand is not going to work in this case. The judgment of heaven is absolute, that in the absoluteness of judgment, we have very little to say. But we can say, we can say in every way possible, that we are the children of Abraham and Yitzhak and Yaakov. And we recognize what they have done to the world, and especially we recognize this idea of misuse nefesh, of giving up everything for the divine command, of allowing yourself to be destroyed because there is a higher command that you are. Uh, so even though we haven't done that, but it's in us. Yitzchak is somehow inside of us. And, and so we blow a shofar. So I We blow a shofar that is a council of There's no to say after Kodesh Baruch We have nothing to offer. 
but we remember who we are ultimately. And we know we're not being called upon just now to give our lives. Or we might. <clears throat> and you know, I mean, uh, you know, Jewish history can be written from different aspects and different points of view. But one of the, uh, one of the ways to write Jewish history is that it's about the history of those Jews who are willing to give up everything for their talk. Many were killed. Many were driven out of the Jewish people. And the ones who remained, the ones who were steadfast, but didn't. Because they had something to hold on to that was so important to them, or so meaningful to them, or so significant for them, that nothing could stand in their way. And so there were crusades, and there were drums, and there were murders, and some uh, bring up yet the 20th century, and somehow, somehow we are still growing the Shofar Shoaiyu. But now that we've mentioned, I mean, I hope that uh, all of this is clear, but we've mentioned, so my, my voice has seen better days. I don't know. It's the curse of the teachers. That if you like to teach and you preach, you, your voice tends to go. <laughs> okay, so that only kind of give a frame of reference for our study of Makidaki Let's find out what actually happened. Let's go through the Sukkim. This is what I want to do. I want to go through the Sukkim. And then I want to. I want to sort of learn them as though Rashi didn't exist. And then learn them with Rashi. Now, it's going to be a little difficult for me to do that. Because I know that Rashi does exist. And I've learned Rashi, but I will try. I will try to read the text as though it's the first reading. And if somebody would like to uh, uh, correct me, please do so. You can either speak you can raise your hand, uh, you can, uh, or you can chat, and you say, Ellen, do you want me to respond to your raised hand, or maybe unraise it? Because if you don't unraise it, I won't be able to see if you raised it again. There's some way to do that. If you, you have to click on something or other, with, uh, Where's Ezra? Here's Ezra. Ezra, how did you get rid of that hand? Ezra? Oh, I did it. Okay. You did it. Great. Uh, Ezra, it would love to do your magic. Okay. So now we're going to go read the Akedaki Tzach. I'll read the text that has Hebrew and English. I'll read it in Hebrew. If you have any questions or any problem, look at the English. And if you have a problem still after that, then you can uh, um, ask. So the story begins with uh, an with an introduction that is not so common. I mean, this is it came to pass after these things. After these things, we'll see what these things are. But 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 they have to remember that this is not the way of the of the Torah. After these things, it's sort of connecting, connecting B to A. It's not just another story. 
it's not just it's not just another story, but it's it's a connecting story. It's a story that the Torah wants us to see as connected. Connected in what way? Connected how? I mean, that's not that's not clear. But the previous story. <coughs> The previous story was the story of uh, Avinelach making peace with Avram Avinu. And the story before that was the story of Avraham and Sarah driving out Yishmael from their home. So those are the preceding stories and the, the Torah doesn't help us to understand why the statement that it happened after is important. Okay. You know that God has a variety of names in the Torah, and Elohim is one of them. Elohim is one of them. You know that Elohim, Breshit, Parah, Elohim, at the Shemaim, at the Aretz, Elohim is usually seen as din, as judgment, the right thing, the absolute right thing, which is something that is hard for us to kind of get involved with, because we know that we don't have that capacity, but that's the name that is used. The Elohim, Nisad Abraham. The word Nisa in Hebrew is not such an easy word. I mean, it could mean to test. It could mean to hold as a model. But we know what happened. I mean, whatever the word Nisa means in this case, we know that there was some sort of a test that Avraham Avinu underwent. And in fact, Chazal say that this story of the binding of Isaac was the last of ten tests that Avraham Avinu was subject to. Hashem said Abraham Bayomi love Abraham and he said God said to him Abraham so called him and Abraham said he named Hineni is a word that uh, that you could look into. It's a word that indicates doesn't indicate I am here geographically. It means, I am ready. When God called to Abraham, he knew that, that God was not simply going to ask him how he felt that day, or how his breakfast. He knew that there was something of significance about to be said, And Abraham said, not that I am here, but he said, I am ready. I am ready, meaning, just tell me what you think I should do. The second pasuk, Vayomer, Kachna bin Chaydushit Chayshe Ahavta, and Yitzchak. I mean, obviously, obviously, God could have said, Kach at Yitzchak. We know exactly who he's talking about. But the emphasis here is on the difficulty, because we're talking about Bencha, your son, Yechidcha, the only son. 
אשר אהבת, ויואב יצחק. Your son, your only son, your beloved son, Yitzchak. And he says, Lech Lecha. And you remember that in the beginning of the passage, called Lech Lecha. I thought as well, he said to Anglavi, you go to the place that you belong in. Go to Eretz Kinnaan. Okay, Rashi says what Rashi says. And Lech Lecha reminds us of that other Lech Lecha, they must remind us, they're so, so obvious. Lech Lecha. So over there, when Akadabohu said to Avraham Avinu, go, it was clearly for his good, for his benefit, the purposefulness of the Jewish people being in their own, in their own place, in their own land, in their own time. Rechlecha. now, uh, he's in Eretz Kena'an. So he's being sent to a specific place in Eretz Kena'an. And Eretz HaMoriyah. Moriyah, Moriyah. It's interesting. Eretz HaMoriyah. The place of the Beit HaMukdash. The place, no, well, there's no Beit HaMukdash yet. But there will be a Beit HaMukdash. Rechlecha. So the word Allah was known to Moshe and to Amravinu. A burnt offering. What do you mean a burnt offering? Completely consumed by fire. Not an arm or a leg. Yitzchak. Nothing will be left. Nothing. It couldn't be clearer. Okay, it's Maria. There's nobody there. There's nothing built. One of the hilltops. One of the hilltops. Which I will tell you, show you, point out to you. But what are the verbs in the Pasuk? Vayone kachma, kach, take. Take your son. What do you mean take? What are you taking? He was an adult. He was not a baby. Kach. Take him. How do you take him? What do you say, Yitzchak, my beloved son, I'm about to sacrifice you. Because God told me to. Kachna, no. What does no mean? No is a word of beseeching, of please, please. So that there's a kind of a disconnect. God says kach, and God says no. It's like there, there's a disconnect in the puzzle. You can't say yes and maybe at the same time. And then lechulcha, lechulcha that we know of is good. 
that this doesn't seem to be so good. And then the Halayu Shavuah specific command to destroy the son Yitzchak. Specific. Halayu Shavuah Alachad Harim Asher Marinachim. Okay, that's the introduction. The first two psukim. The first two psukim. Now we'll look at the Rashi, if we may. We will look at the Rashi. We'll just get it to get the Rashi. Sorry, I don't have one. Let me see if I can fix it. Let me see if I can fix it.
Okay. I'm sorry for the delay, but I've done it, I think. I have done it. I remember uh, when we started learning on this, and I said, this would have happened to me. I would have run into catatonic withdrawal. But today, I figure in the fight, the ongoing fight between the uh, computer and myself, I should win a few. Anyway, let's look at Rashi. Remember, Rashi says, the Tapotic says, a higher born alien. I remember we didn't know what the, what it was referring to. So Rashi says, Yeshmi Rabotenu Omri. Rashi is going to, what he says, Yeshmi Rabotenu Omri, he means there's more than one opinion. And this has been discussed at length by the rabbis. And the rabbis, as you know, for Rashi were, uh, were telling the truth. And even when they disagree with each other, they are telling the truth. And it's an important thing to remember about Rashi. When Rashi quotes uh, uh, the opinions of various rabbis in non-halachic material, Rashi means to say, Rashi means to say, they're both right. Everybody's right. So who are the opinions that Rashi quotes here? He says, Yes, we have a daily on him. We're talking about the time that the Satan, the Satan, Satan, came, and he would be the Satan, was accusing and saying, Right? He's saying it like he's looking for a way to undermine Avraham Avinu. And he says he comes to Zashat Avraham, even though Avraham made many uh, dinners and ate a lot of food, and his people ate food. Lo he necha afilu He did not sacrifice. He did not sacrifice a bull or a ram, even one. There were no sacrifices. Now, you know that the Chachamim, the Chachamim who said this in the name of the Satan. Well, I mean, I suppose that they were thinking about this themselves, that if you remember, if you look at all the parish of Lechlecha, never, there is never a sacrifice. They're talking about a world in which sacrifices were common. People sacrificed all the time. It wasn't something that Avram Avinu had to, to, to instigate. So the Satan, I mean, who the Satan, I mean, the Satan is either a real Satan, or it's the Satan within us. You know, we have also this idea that, you know, we can be critical. And Chacham is also critical. And they said, look, Avram Avinu, he didn't sacrifice. And who says to the Satan, Klum Asa, Ela Bishwil Beno, he did what he did. Everything he did was only for his son. Bishwil Beno, Ilu Hayiti Omelo, Zvachel Tolefanai. If I, Akadish Bokhu, would say to him, Abraham, sacrifice him. 
Lo hayam He would not, he would not waste a moment. He would not waste a moment. He had to divide this statement of Chazal into a number of sections. It was the Satan. Which Satan? Was the Satan of Eos or the Satan within ourselves? Like this kind of nagging that we have about things. Okay, as much as we admit that Avraham Avinu was the greatest, the greatest Jew, how command away. But it wasn't quite what you might think. Achad Rosh Satan, Zerzid of Satan, a real Satan. The guy with the tail and with the funny ears and red. Oh, it's the people who adopt the vision of the Satan. We know. Other Marishon gave sacrifices as a Chazal teach us. Noah, when he got out of the ark, he gave sacrifices. Didn't he have any reason to give a sacrifice? Didn't he live well? What did he well put together, so to speak? So the Satan within us says maybe Abraham is not what we thought he was. So because awful answers by Yahara's Varim Ha'elu. Varim now means, Varim means words. Those words, the words that came from the Satan, or the words that came from us being satanic. But he said, How about you know? Do we give sacrifice? Amarach answer, Kulum Asan. We know that Al-Mabinu did everything he could possibly do for his son. So now we understand. And then what, why in fact didn't Al-Mabinu do sacrifices? Why didn't Al-Mabinu do what Adam Harishon, the first man, and Noah, the one who escaped the flood. Oh, why didn't they? Why didn't Adam of you give sacrifices? They gave sacrifices. So you know there are two kinds of sacrifices, apparently. And here you can just use the word metaphorically, if you like, or use it in some other way. Sacrifice. Two kinds of sacrifice. One is a sacrifice that I, 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 I do on my own. I give thanks. I say, oh, I have an idea. If God gave me a lot, I give a little bit back to God. And, and that's a reasonable human event. It's reasonable for people to give thanks. And to give to God. Uh, and even if his dream doesn't make any sense on the level of God, it nevertheless makes sense to me. I mean, I give God his due. But there's another kind of sacrifice. 
And that's the sacrifice that is ordained by a Kaddish That is demanded. That we are instructed to do. And if the Lord, who is Avril Mabini? I mean, when do we meet Avril Mabini? We don't meet him as a philosopher. We don't meet him as an ideologian for a new world that is going to be built. What's the Shidush? What's the novel about Avril Mabini? That distinguishes him clearly. Well, Avon Avinu acted in response to a divine command. Rechlecha, that's Avon Avinu. You know where Avon Avinu and his father were going to before Rechlecha? You remember? Where were Avram Avinu led by Terach, his father, and his whole family? Where were they going? They were going to Eretz Kna'an. That's what the Torah says. Where did Avram Avinu go? He went to Eretz Kna'an. So was there a difference between Avram Avinu going to Eretz Kna'an before? And Abba Mavina is going to ask God after? Yeah, of course there is a difference. Because after, Abba Mavina was responding to command. And that was his life. That was his invention. He, Abba Mavina, invented a life, a world, in which he constantly responded to the divine command. And so, the Satan is right. How come Adam Avinu is not like everybody else? Adam Elisha, Noah, everybody gave sacrifices. We can only imagine who else might have been involved. Everybody gave sacrifices. That's a reasonable thing to do. But Adam Avinu went to Eretz Kanan ultimately because he was commanded to go to Eretz Kanan. And even though, even though Adam Avinu went to Eretz Kinan as a commanded person, you understand that, that he went to Eretz Kinan, which is the place that he was going to. That's why Adam Avinu was an essential difference. It's not the same to move because you want to move or you feel it's a good idea or you move because God tells you to move. And that was the invention of Adam Abidu. You didn't just go to God to complain about bad things or to beseech for good things. That wasn't the essential part of the relationship with Adam Abidu. But the essential part of the relationship was that he was commanded. He was directed, he was instructed, he was taught to go in a certain direction. So the Satan is right. The Satan, who asked the question, was right. How come he didn't give any sacrifices? How come? What's the answer that God gives according to the that's how he does. You know this thing who Abu Rabinu is. 
One thing I'm going to give you is the man who lives according to the command. He's instructed. If he's instructed, he goes. If he's not instructed, he doesn't go. He doesn't go. So this is the first opinion that Rashi quotes. So Rashi says a Haradvarna Elu is a reference to an unknown event. You can look in the Chumash all you want, you're not going to find it. But you might find it in your heart, in your mind. You might find it someplace, you know, when you're questioning, like, well, who is that going to be? Well, who is this person who is instructed to sacrifice his son? Okay. Now after the second interpretation, the Yeshon Rim. You see that? Yeshon Rim, there are others who say, the second opinion about what Achai Azrael Ma'eru means, who are we talking about Yishmael? Where is Yishmael? Where is Yishmael? I mean, he's not, not around. Shayam Yitzchaer al Yitzchak. He would, he would speak highly about himself. He would say, Yitzchak, you're nothing. Shemal ben Shalosh Esrei Shana After all, Yishmael, when he was circumcised, was 13 years old. And, and uh, Yitzchak, when he was circumcised, was, was a baby. Shemal ben Shalosh Esrei Shana And he didn't deny, he didn't protest, he didn't object, he accepted what his father wanted of him. Amalo, the who said to Amalo Yitzchak, according to this Medish, Yitzchak said to Mishmael, You feel God only with that one place that was operated upon. Ilo Amalia, Kodesh Bohu, the Shanai, Lohaniti Makes. Achayat Varima Eilu. There was a, an argument between Yishmael, the older son, and Yitzchak, the younger son. Yitzchak was also Sarah's son. About who, who exhibited greater devotion to the divine command. Yitzchak or Yishmael. So Yishmael argued, I was 13 years old, I was in pain, I didn't argue, I let it happen. You, you were a baby. You were just, you were just a baby. What did Yitzchak answer? He said, if God told me to sacrifice myself, I would not hold back. I would not hold back. So here the, the, the distinction has to do with Mesirat Nefesh. There's a person who's willing to give up everything. The person who's willing to 
put up with a little pain. And Yitzchak, Yitzchak said to Yishmael, listen Yishmael, I am willing to give up everything. I know who I am. But obviously that was not sufficient. There had to be a test. Yishmael stands for everybody in the world. Everyone in the world would say, why would you not? Why would you talk better? So we see these two kinds of notions. One is about Avram Avinu, and one is about Yitzchak, and that's the key to understanding Akedah Yitzchak. It's called the binding of Isaac. But we see, according to the first interpretation, it's about Avraham. Avraham didn't sacrifice. And God says, if I tell him to sacrifice his son, will sacrifice his son, it's Avraham Avinu. And it's a text, as I said, about Avraham Avinu. The text about Avraham Avinu, that will be changing the culture. I will give the side Avraham, says it quite clearly. And that's the first interpretation. And the second interpretation, the second interpretation of is about Yitzchak. Who is Yitzchak? The first one is about who is Abraham. And the second one is who is Yitzchak? Well, who is Abraham? Abraham had a different lifestyle. He waited to be commanded, to be directed, to be instructed. And he knew that there would be a great sacrifice, and he knew that there would be sacrifice, and he knew that that would be organized and regimented by the halakha. Yitzchak? Yitzchak knew that he had to accept the level of devotion that Avram had as an inheritance. Yitzchak. And so Yitzhak said, I will give everything, everything for the divine command. If God commanded me to sacrifice myself, I will do it. And you, Yishmael, you haven't proven that by the fact that you were circumcised. So Rashi, I mean, in this kind of uh, existential way, or he constructed the story. And he said, yes, I know it says, Zerokin beside Abraham. Again, we we'll look again. Zerokin beside Abraham. In the words of the Torah, the subject is Abraham. But if I look at it more carefully, Rashi says, you know that Abraham is two people. Abraham is two people, because Abraham is what he has accomplished in his lifetime. And more than that, Abraham is what he has passed down to his children. Because that, after all, is the argument that we make on Rosh Hashanah. The argument that we make on Rosh Hashanah is that we are the children of Abraham. Just as according to Rashi Yitzchak made that argument to Yishmael, 
and said to him, look, we don't accept things that we like and reject things that we disdain. We're not independent. We're part of this big enterprise called the Jewish people and therefore Yitzchak said, if God would command, I would give up everything. So that even though the Kasuk says, that a kid inside Abraham, Rashi says, don't make any mistake. Abraham is being tested. But the test of Abraham is dependent on the success of his ability to pass his ideas down to the next generation. And that's what the binding of Yitzchak, that Kedah Yitzchak, is about ultimately. And therefore, when I gather in Rosh Hashanah, I blow a shoto shal ayah that is around, reminds me of Kedah Yitzchak, and I hear Yitzchak means that we remain the inheritors of the idea, which is that we do what God wants us to do, or as much of that as we can possibly do for ourselves. That's what we do. Okay. <laughs>